Um, you are listening to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. Uh, remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com. You can find all the places our podcast is available for download. Um, but if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us. So welcome to the madness that is the Chompcast. Very special madness today because it's a very special holiday episode. It's a holiday in the States, and the holidays are all about spending time with family. But my Sword Chomp family wanted nothing to do with me. But that's okay, because our good friend, Rich Meister, who writes for Destructoid.com, is joining us instead, the maestro. How you doing, Rich? I'm doing pretty good. I'm here. I'm seizing control of the Chompcast, um, <laughs> just like the Ultimate Warrior taught me all those years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, this is a takeover. Yeah, I see how it is. This is a hostile takeover. <laughs> it's like that relative. Yeah, I see how it is. It's like that one relative that hijacks the conversation at the dinner table exactly. on Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, it's yeah. It, you know, honestly, they wanted uh, 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 to spend some time with their family, but um, selfish. You know, am I right? I, I mean, come on. I thought I was the only family that mattered. Seems learning things every day. But you know, my in my world, it's always churning with new polls and new things to talk about, and this and that. And then, and then we're like, yeah, let's get rich on. You can do a special sort of uh, podcast. So this will be fun. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I am ready. You are the maestro, the commander of words. Um, I am General Mountain Time here from Montana, and uh, as my name implies, my nickname, General Mountain Time, I command an army of weak and dying sperm, thanks to my endless intake of Diet Mountain Dew. That sounds so, right. That's, yeah. I've transferred from Diet Mountain Dew, though, to Dr. Pepper Tenrich, and I'm telling you, there's no going back. It's, do, do they sell that, that still, Yeah, I, you know, they definitely did at a point. I had no idea that still existed. Oh, it does. It does. I, I, so I used to put up pictures of it as a joke, and like a lot of our followers would message me and be like, I can't even get Diet Dr. Pepper 10 in my state. And I'm like, what? I didn't know it was like such a, a hot commodity, but. I apparently, I haven't seen it in a long time. Like, I just kind of assumed that they gave up on that. No, it's, it exists. And if they ever got rid of it in my town, I'd have to just order it by the hundreds from Amazon. Yeah, I, was gonna, I bet I could totally <laughs> just go on Amazon and get them to bring me a ton of Dr. Pepper 10. Yeah, yeah, you probably could. It's it has changed my life, uh, and I can't stop drinking it. Um, so maybe my sperm count can uh, can revive itself. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, Dr Pepper Ten is just weak enough that it's kind of like coming back to life. But every time you take a sip, it's like smashing it to the floor. Yeah, yeah, the sperm aren't dying, but they're like severely. They're they're really yeah they're really like uh, discombobulated, disoriented. They're in pain. Yeah, they're. It's it's a different kind of pain. Um, that was my favorite, like, stupid middle school rumor. The kids out around telling you Diet Mountain Dew destroyed your sperm. It's like, I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? Like, yeah, whatever. I, I tell you, I drank that shit for, like, five times a day for years and years and years, and I had a baby, no problem. So <laughs> it didn't do its job for me. Um, but, yeah, so... There's a lot of I want to do like a pretty like a fun rundown of stuff that we're catching because this time of year in the gaming world is kind of like uh, I don't want to say it's like homework but it's like the crunch, the game of the year crunch right yeah, um, and, <laughs> and so I was thinking there'd be a fun way to run down some stuff we've been playing catch up with you and then we'll get to the the topic of the show and polls and all that kind of stuff um, so a lot of stuff uh, 
lately, I know this is a big thing we've been talking about. Um, the big VR thing has been comical to me because, you know, I thought VR was pretty much all but dead. And then I just see people talking about it all the time now because of the, the Black Friday deals and Astrobot and Moss are packaged together. Um, it's weird, right? It's weird. And, you know, I don't think I ever thought it was dead. It was just kind of like, eh, there's really no big software at the moment. But all of a sudden, I feel like there's a bunch of shit falling in our laps. Like you said, Astrobot is great. Um, I have been playing a ton of Tetris Effect. You and that Tetris effect. So, oh, so what is so what is good. the appeal of? Yeah, tell me the appeal of that for you. Okay, I will say first. I just really like Tetris, um, and this is a really good Tetris. It's really nice looking, and then um, it's on it's on the level with like Res. I mean, I mean those that's who made it. You know, uh, it's the the spectacle of it. You go into VR and there's all these like particle effects coming at you and lights and the music's amazing. It's the board like changes colors like i did a board last night where all the tetris pieces were like little gears and cogs and like mm-hmm. as they smack together you get like a nice like sound effect of like gears grinding and it that's cool it's cathartic so it's, it's, it's that's it's weird to think of tetris as being some sort of like a, a sensory overload kind of experience because tetris was always like for lack of a better word, very sort of like uh, antiseptic and stale, just like doot, doot, blocks falling, change them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mean that as an but as, That's an why insult. I think this is such a good idea because it adds like this sort of weird flavor to it. And Tetris is such an easy on point. I think like objectively Tetris is a perfect video game, I think. And I think everybody, everybody's familiar with Tetris, at least to some extent. Yeah, that's true. Who hasn't played a lot of Tetris when they were kids? My mom played Tetris like fucking crazy on Super Nintendo, man. I used to fucking she used to play Tetris for hours and hours. Um, I, I need to try it. I need to, you know, get out of my comfort zone and try it because I'm just mm-hmm. uh, I'm not re- I'm not anti Tetris. It just doesn't really sound appealing. But everyone says that it's so appealing. So I'm like, all right. Was it on a Black Friday sale or no? It was not. I paid the full oh, okay. forty dollars for it. Woo! That's a lot. That's a lot of money for it's, Tetris. It's a lot of Tetris. That's a lot of time. Did you get a chance to try Astrobot? Uh, very limited time. I intend to dive more into that a little bit, but I kind of want to hear you talk about it anyway, because I, I don't think I've had, I got to play maybe 15 minutes, and I see the appeal immediately, but I am, I am looking forward to spending more time with it. Like you're just sort of like a level or two in there. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the that's the weird thing, right? Like, this game is like a miracle, like an accidental miracle. Like, I'm, I try to. And I felt like too- no one was talking about it until everyone was talking about it. Yeah, it just got. I didn't. Hear, so the day I heard about it, um, a fish, a fellow podcast member, was. Um, was here. By the way, I didn't get to do my joke. Let me let me back up a little bit. Uh, this is this joke is going to be way out of form now because I got too excited. We're going to back um, up a couple of subjects. Uh, I was gonna, I was going to say so. Normally, just in case this is your first podcast, I'm joined by uh, my good friends Fish, Josh, and Shay, my cohorts, um, who decided they wanted to spend the time with their family. As we talked about earlier, how selfish of them. Um, no, but but um, I had this big joke that I was going to say. Uh, Josh is stuffing his turkey. Shay is stuffing something of the tinder variety. Variety, mm-hmm. And fish is stuffing his vape full of some sort of weird razzleberry frazzle juice or something. Fish and Gene um, Simmons are saving Santa from a pterodactyl. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's my favorite Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Chris, Chris and Gene Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, saving I always something. I always forget that fish was in Kiss Save Santa. 
<laughs> Everyone does, and you know what? It's it's a travesty. Um, but no, so shout out to my my cohorts who are not here. But that just got me thinking about it because I was gonna name drop fish, and I was like, God damn it. Um, but no, so yeah, we were he was visiting me for for my wedding and stuff, and we were just sitting around, and we saw that giant bomb quick look pop up. And I was like, what is this game? Astrobot? And they were talking about it and they were playing it. And then I Googled it and it had like a 90 Metacritic. And I'm like, what the yeah. fuck is this? See, at first I thought this was insane. Ben Hansen likened it to the first time you play Super Mario 64. And I thought that was like insane hyperbole, but I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the cl- for me, the best metaphor I would give people is it's sort of like... It gives me the feeling of the first time I played Super Mario 3D World, mm. but way more immersive. Because as amazing as, as I, I love Super Mario 3D World because I thought they used um, the 3D in very interesting ways for like depth and perspective, and that stuff works great for platforming. Um, but, you know, it's still on a tiny little screen. The whole world is still distracting you. You have to make sure you're holding it the right angle, all that kind of shit, right? Um, it's the same idea. It's just you're completely immersed in that goofy little world. So, like, little touches, like you might see a little door to the right and you run all the way down some long corridor. Like, it's 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 that same sort of feeling. It's very immersive. But, like, the miracle to me is that they made, like, Sony things charming like sony sort of touchstones or elements like when you punch something and it explodes into like the little triangle square x thing <laughs> and, and, and like they use the little mascot from the playroom yeah like what keep... like and it just works like if you had told apply this to anything else it's insane and i think games like astrobot and moss totally got me in that headspace of like oh crap this is what we should be doing with vr this is like some other subverted genre of like the 3d mascot platformer like let's do that yeah yeah i think that's the big thing because three vr is already kind of a revolutionary technology to me so like the only way you can really um handle that properly or like for the lack of a better term and i try to think of a game that's pushing the medium forward is to just utilize that that technology properly and moss and and astrobot do that so well uh, but it's still just it's still a platformer though and that's gonna have varying you know degrees to other people which is why as incredible as it is I almost sometimes lean a little more toward Moss just because um, I feel like that sort of experience I, I've played games like Astrobot even though it's amazing Moss is um, the experience that can't happen without VR yeah yeah how many games have you played where you control a tiny little mouse and you feel like you're a giant in a little world several hundred. <laughs> yes, every day I'm just crawling around little mouse hovels. Um, it's yeah, it's just uh, that's it's my weird... life, Morgan. <laughs> just, just talking to them in a fantasy world, you could see that. You I know? make them little clothes. <laughs> yeah, oh, that sounds adorable. Um, yeah, it's you know, weirdly enough, Astrobot's kind of the same idea though. You're like a you're an entity inside of another entity's world. Like you are a larger robot controlling the smaller robot yeah um and kind of floating around even in astrobot it's kind of weird if you look at your body you can see your floating like robot body sort of like in moss you can look into like a, a pool like a reflection you can see your like um the reader or wherever you are you can see yourself but it's the, it's really enough it's the same idea right it's like you are they're making you the vessel in control of someone else and they're giving you less control of the camera because in moss it's stagnant which is great you just go wherever you want and the camera doesn't move it's just you looking around yeah. and astrobot it does move forward but and there are a couple sections where you're like on rails but in general it but you're still never losing that perspective 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's one thing that drove Josh crazy about it is because it was a collectathon, but the camera goes with you and doesn't go backwards. So it's sort of like the original Super Mario Brothers in that you can't go back. So he would get kind of irritated or have to kill himself if he feel like, let's say he missed um, a little bot that he wanted to collect or some <clears throat> coins or something. So, which is kind of weird that they, because it's a, it's a game about collecting, but you can't go backwards. So it, I think that... That might be tough uh, designing around that, like... I imagine they test the crap out of this stuff and find what's going to make people sick and stuff like that. And when you have a fixed perspective like that, I imagine giving you full range of movement could be problematic. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I, I think that, yeah, I, I agree. I think that they had to probably do it this way. It's just almost counterintuitive to some of the... It's not a big deal. It's <laughs> just something that's worth noticing because it is a game that's about collecting shit, you know? You know, I wish I had more time for VR. I'd really like to go back and do Resident Evil 7 again. Just for comparison. I will tell you this, because I played the um, the DLC more recently, and I was that just That DLC ama- is real good. The, the punching, the so- alligators and the punching. Yeah. yeah. It's weird as fuck. Um, but it's like, so this- fun. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's weirdly fun and creepy, like like uh, creeping around in, in the, the swamp. Um, Especially that, like, spoilers here, that last bit where you get the, like, uh, umbrella, like, EMP gauntlet or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, shock. the super fist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, it's, the whole time you're just kind of this brawler guy, and it works in a weird way. And then at the very end, they sort of give you these, like, big metal fists as, like, the plot twist, and I, you just unleash. I love that character, though, because I like the idea of, like, this Marine who's, like, comes home, and there's zombies everywhere, and he's like, all right, square up. Yeah, no, he's just, yeah, he's just like the grunchy old, uh, the grumpy, grunchy, ugh, he's grunchy, he's the grunchy old <laughs> That's man. That's my new favorite descriptive <laughs> word. Um, he's like the grumpy old man who's just like, ah, fuck it, I'll just punch these things in the face. Um, is that which uh, kind of, Jack Baker, or is that the father? It was, um, the, gra- it was the grandfather of, it was the I Zoe, was a, right? Un- uncle, I think. The, uh, uncle, uncle of, yes, yes, yes. Um, and it's cool because they kind of carried on a little bit of what happened to Zoe and Zoe was a character that grew on me in the game because in some ways she was, it's, it sucks because of all the horrible things that happened to your wife in a lot of ways, Zoe was the only reason you survived that goddamn place. And then I betrayed her. Yeah. And then most people, you know, betray her from Mia. So that's, it it was kind of cool to like kind of base it around her a little bit. I thought, um, but anyways, what I was going to say was it just looked incredible and it just reminded me that if you put the time into it the AAA time like a lot of people complain about the VR resolution and I'm not going to tell you that it it's, can compete with you know the other ones um, but what I've noticed is if the developer puts the time into it like Moss or Astrobot or, or the Resident Evil 7 it just you can tell it just looks so damn good mm-hmm. it, that it doesn't matter so I it's it's when really you're to building me building it around that hardware um, like it comes through. It comes through in the ways you want it to. Yeah, it really does. But the, yeah, that 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 VR was is pretty incredible. And and there's you know anyways. So Astrobot, the I having a lot of fun with it. Me and my daughter played a lot, even though it's kind of tough for her to like because she's she's smaller. So like with little kids, sometimes it can kind of hard to get the like because of how the sensor works and stuff like that. I don't have a lot of problems with VR, but when my little kid tries to use it, it's kind of a pain in the ass for mm. everyone involved. Um, but it's just so adorable and charming. It's basically, that's the best metaphor I tell people. It's like, imagine Super Mario 3D World, but you're completely immersed in it uh, with no distractions. And uh, 
I feel like that's fairly good praise for the most part. Yeah, I think um, that is a, a good thing to like it, too. When we're done here, I'm probably going to go play a bunch more of that before I uh, edit this podcast. The 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 bosses are something that impressed me a lot in that game, too. There is a... That I haven't um, seen any of yet, so I'm looking forward uh, yeah. to they're they're cool. They're, they're just the depth of it. There was like this one boss. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna ruin it for you. No, but no, basically no. Was... Okay, by all means. I'm the last person who cares about spoilers. Like you could tell me beat for beat the plot to a movie, and then I'll go see it 20 minutes later anyway. <laughs> like, uh, I just okay. told you what That's happened. Like yeah, but I want to see it. All right, I'm just gonna ruin every game you haven't played this year. Okay. Um, cool. No, yeah, but it was like a, a bird boss, and you're like, it's like windy, and you're jumping at it, and like kind of on these like giant sort of like leaf tendrils, and the leaves look like they have like these technological sort of like circuitry designs in them, and when you get to these like, like sort of moving platforms that you're, they're like a, it's like a rock platform that's shaking back and forth, and there's these little targets on there, and you have to get the bird to like stab the target, um, and then when it does, you like throw your little grappling hook up at its like um, its goggles, and you like climb up to its goggles and just punch it right in the face, and it's like all like really visceral and f- it's fantastic, it's fantastic stuff. I love hitting birds. It's good, man. You can it's quote good. me on that. <laughs> it's 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 pretty cool. I'm excited for you to try more of it. I'm curious to see how that's gonna. I, I was there's some things like with the game awards. I was a little disappointed that they didn't give some more stuff like Astrobot or, or Moss the Nod um, because I, I think, know it's a smaller. Is there even a VR category at the game awards yet? I feel like that should be a thing. There, there is, there is. I'll, I'll look it up right now to see what they put in there. I'm imagining it's probably just like three I, or four. I want to say for sure, despite technically being the weakest hardware psvr is the most accessible and it's putting out some of the best software yeah yeah no definitely well and like some of these games i just i feel like sometimes they get sort of like shuffled into like i know everyone i talk this is one thing i've stopped pushing on people because it just it was just too heartbreaking to have people like try vr and like either love it and then eventually get rid of it because they just don't use it or not like it so like vr was a hard thing for me because even though i really enjoy it in spurts it, I just, it's just too heartbreaking for me to like recommend to people and then have them like not really get into it. Um, I would never, which is funny to say because that's basically my job. I would never recommend someone spend that amount of money unless they're all in for it. Yes, although at two hundred dollars, now I spent whenever shit. I got mine last year when it was like four hundred and fifty dollars. I so. got mine at launch. So I don't. Because I'm an insane person. I was like, "Yeah, send me that." You know, if if I could have afforded it, I probably would have too. So like, so oh, I couldn't I look afford ar- it, but I did it anyway. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah, I know how that is. Um, so, <laughs> so part of me was just like, "Fuck, that was." Um, it was a good decision on my part because I really enjoyed it. But just like I look at these these two hundred dollar bundles now with with Moss and Astrobot included, I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, how could you pass this up? I mean, but you but, know, it's crazy. I'm the stupid person who looks at that and I'm like, oh, that bundle's pretty sweet. And I kind of want the headset with the headphone jack in the better spot. Maybe I should get that. And then I'm also hoard things, so I wouldn't even sell the old one. I'd put it in a box and be like, this is the first wave PSVR. Who wants to look at this sit on a shelf? Uh, (laughs) Oh, like a a relic? Like an ancient relic that you keep in there? Like one day I'd like blow dust off it and give it to a child when VR is like implanted in our heads at birth and be like, (laughs) this is how I used to play Astro Bot. And they'd be like, shut up, old man. <laughs> uh, I'm curious to see how this turns around because Sony may have accidentally sputtered themselves 
into i just see a world where like they're sitting around like well let's just clearance these vr headsets starting in thanksgiving oh my god astrobot's getting great what if we throw astrobot and moss in a 200 dollars bundle vr's back baby it's just like i feel like well, they just sort of like stumbled into if, it if you want to look for that info i think they've been pretty forward facing with like psvr selling well enough like they're definitely going to do a second iteration of that headset like they said something is going to be on the psvr uh playstation 5 that is vr related Okay, okay. Well, yeah, and it would be nice if we didn't have to buy another headset, like because it's just I, the headset, so. That's just it. If it's just like, hey, we did a second PSVR, and the res- screen resolution's a little bit better, I hope we can just plug the ones we have into the PlayStation 5. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also bet you we wouldn't. We could probably plug them in directly, because I bet if they're making it with that in mind, we won't need a little breakout box. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um. Anyways, it's... It's 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 a really interesting thing. I, I'm I think this is good though because if Astrobot and Moss do really well, and the biggest thing that makes me happy about this is that people are more people are going to get to play Moss. Astrobot will bring people to Moss via that bundle, um, and I think Moss is a beautiful thing. Although I just still feel like people are platformers. I feel like in our industry, especially with the, a lot of the critics and stuff, platformers are the darlings. People love platformers. They love the the feel good nature of them, and I get that. That's and fine. I also think as the critic we like platformers more than like a general audience does like people go yeah yeah yeah, yeah. platformers that's fine and we're like are you kidding me this is this is a staple yeah maybe it's because like they've just been you know most critics just grew up with them ingrained in there yeah yeah i've noticed that too because i i mean i like them as much as the next person but i noticed that you know when a new mario game comes out it's just like oh my god it's the coming of mario christ here 9.9 um yeah, it's interesting. Point nine out of ten. Um, that one point, that one point gets him every time. It's like that uh, time I ran into Adam Sessler at PAX and asked him to give me a five out of five. <laughs> Did you really run into Adam Sessler at PAX? Yeah, I, I went to a panel he was at and I was talking to him outside and I was like, "Can you just look at me and say five out of five? And did he do it? Oh yeah, he totally did it. Yeah, oh, that's cool. <laughs> do a five out of five. Did was he a was he a pretty cool guy? Yeah, he's a friendly dude, nice dude. He was um doing the panel for uh, that Friday the 13th game because uh, oh. he was, you know, working with that team. Oh, that's cool. Okay, really? That's cool. I miss I miss Adam Sessler. He was uh, an, a beautifully neurotic creature from the uh, mm-hmm. old school days of uh, G4. Shout out to Adam Sessler because just talking to him for, you know, the two minutes I got to, he seems like a really, he seems like the guy you want him to be. He's pretty genuine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and yes, there's a best VR category. I was just looking for it. That's why I was stalling a little bit. Um, Astrobot, Beat Saber, Firewall Zero Hour, Moss, and Tetris Effect. Beat Saber is another one I need to get now that it's out on PSVR. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember watching that on the Vive. People play it on the Vive for the longest time, and I was like, that looks like I love rhythm games, and that looks like one I want to be playing. I, this is the best way to explain it to people. Is like at the beginning of the year, I was like, I don't even know what PlayStation VR is going to be anymore. Now I look at this list and say, I don't know if I can afford all of these games. I don't know if I can afford all of these games. Um, Not since launch a- have I had that problem where I was in the um, PlayStation store however many days ago when I was buying Astrobot, and I'm looking around I'm like, oh, I want to grab this too, and it's all like, oh, so much money. <laughs> It is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that's the thing with VR games. Even though they're shorter experiences, sometimes they're not always cheaper. I mean, um, yeah, between 
Tetris Effect and Astrobot. I spent $80 on VR software this week, which is a lot of money to spend, considering I just got back from a vacation. Yeah. Woo! Woo! Uh, anyways, though, it's really cool. Curious to see what you think of it um, and how that plays out, especially with uh, Moss and stuff over the rest of the year. Um, a couple other things we've been playing to catch up with. Um, so Celeste is something I've been playing for, for Josh because it, it was nominated for Game of the Year at the Game Awards. And it's a good game. I, it is a good game. I When I first played it, it didn't really connect with me. I sat down and played it for like an evening, and I, I don't know what it was. It just didn't really connect with me as much as it was for other people. Um, and then I have been looking for like palate cleanser games because so I'm pretty much playing like Red Dead every night in my studio. And that's like a if I just played that all the time, like I would never have time for anything else. It's like 100,000 hours. Um, is it the so same I was, that I kind of want to play it again? Like I beat it and I'm like, oh, I kind of want to do that again. Did you beat the epilogues and everything? Yeah. Oh, okay. I it just for me it's a time issue. I just I, I every time I sit down and play it, I'm I'm having a great time. It's just I with my life I can play about two hours a day and that's and I've been doing that for a month and I'm still like nowhere near that. I it, for me with Red Dead it was with Game of the Year kinda of crunching down. It was something I knew I had to finish and I knew I had other stuff on the pl- my plate. And I was going to L.A. for a week, so I was like, I need to finish this before I get on the plane. And so I made myself do that. Powered through it. Um, so anyways, I've been using like my Switch to do palate cleansers in the morning. Uh, and uh, games that I can sort of do while the kids are playing in the, in the living room and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And anyways, Celeste is uh, it's a, it's sort of a Twitch-based kind of platformer. Um, I w- I'm surprised it was nominated for Game of the Year because I don't really think as that many people have, are that familiar. I bet if I pulled our audience... It would be probably in the seventy percentile, like that they were not familiar with the game. Yeah, it was seemed like a weird one to pull out for me. Not that it doesn't deserve to be there. It's critically adored. It's a really great game. It's I, I would akin it to like sort of a Meat Boy light because I don't think it feels quite as stressful as Meat Boy. Um, but it's similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, you die over and over and over again. It it can be stressful, but those kind of games. It, but that's the weird thing about it. Like it's re- it's well made. There's some cool things about it. Like it's like a, a girl's sort of story. She's like struggling with like panic attacks and anxiety and stuff like that. And there's some and the music's really great. Um, Lena Rain does the music, and it's really like it kind of sort of Matt reminded me of like a disaster piece light. That's if it's one Meat to Boy, play with like, headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it feels pretty good. Um, but, like, it's weird because I'm playing it. And I'm like, this is a really this is a really uh, pleasant game. But I'm just, well, pleasant might be, that sounds a little bit pejorative. But I, um, it, it is a really great game. It's just I look at the list of all these games that have been released, and I'm like, um, it's odd to me. But I, I assume that they're the Game Awards, whenever they make this full list, I wonder if it is assembled from, like, critics they contact throughout the industry and stuff like that. I, I just wonder how they make that decision you know yeah i don't know if it's a room of people that sit down and decide what's gonna be in the up and running i assume that's who it is i'm just curious who it is uh for now i'm gonna pretend that it's just jeff keely yeah it's just jeff keely he's like i like this one (laughs) yeah and if it does mm, i don't want to say this because it sounds a little bit uh conspiracy theory but it almost sounds to me like they were like we don't have a switch representative on this thing and celeste was really predominantly a switch game because if you look at this there's uh, no i don't Nintendo. know i feel like if the whole push was we need a switch game on here i feel like there are options definitely that are i, I don't know i'm trying it's insane to try and put myself on the spot because now i can't think of anything but there's been good stuff on the switch this year 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I think a lot of it's mostly been like going back, like older games that have been released in other stuff. Like a lot of people like Dead Cells on the Switch, but that was predominantly a PC game. Um, there's uh, the Messenger I've really uh, been yeah. playing on the Switch um, because you've been going on and on about that. Um, which, so that's an interesting thing. So I want to talk to you about Messenger because you gave it you uh, 10 out of 10 on Destructoid. Um, and then everyone e- emailed you and told you were crazy. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I those... feel like uh, a lot of people who played it at least were like, yeah, I get that. Um, I, I I think I told you this story. Um, our writer over at uh, Nintendo Enthusiast, one of our sister sites, uh, emailed me the night we were getting the review ready for Embargo. And he was like, hey, Rich, what's going on? You're doing The Messenger, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes is it insane if I give this a 10 out of 10? And I was like, oh, I feel so much better now that you said that because I 100% am doing that. Is it, So is there's something big that happens in the middle of this game, right? There's some sort of, like, plot shift? Because I've heard some yeah, rumblings. About halfway through. Um, I mean, should I divulge that? Are we going spoilery? Uh, no, don't do that okay. for me yet. Uh, I, not that it's that big of a deal, but... No. I kind of want to experience it on my own. They've been pretty uh, forward in the marketing about exactly what happens, but like there's a narrative reason for it, and I okay, feel like the okay. writing of it all is handled really well. It's pretty cool. Um, well, well, so uh, my impression so far, I, I'm enjoying it for sure. I, it's fairly, it's fairly straightforward. Like as far as platformers go, at, at least at the start, you're a ninja. It's standard platforming. I'm killing a bunch of turtles. Um, that first and... half is Ninja Gaiden until the shakeup happens. And then that's the, what Ninja Gaiden, I never the, played the old Ninja Gaiden game, so I don't that, know. That. That's 100% what they are. And then the, okay. the big shift happens and mechanics and ideas are layered on top of things. New narrative points are layered on top and that game goes places. So it's the sh- so what would you say so the shift is really it sounds like what makes it special to you yeah um, okay okay I, I will say that the the title music in that game is great though the uh, opening is a title music fantastic soundtrack all around and the music only gets better especially after the shift uh, okay oh every, especially okay yeah every area you've been in there is a second version of that music that is brought in after the big shift. And it just gets better. Um, I'm curious because, yeah, I think people would play it at the beginning and they would just be like, this feels like a standard platformer. I don't understand why Rich is going gaga here. Um, here's, and, the, here's the thing to know in that regard. Like, when you think the game is over, it's just starting. Okay, okay. Weird. How many... So I just got to the third, um, like, sort of, it's like a green jungly kind of area. With okay. like waterfalls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, how many like worlds or sections are there until the the big I thing? I believe there's four, maybe five. You could get to the big shift in like two hours if you're just sitting going through. Okay, so I'm not far from it actually. Okay, all right, all right. I'm curious to see how that shakes out. But yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I think honestly, from an uh, analytical perspective, I don't think they did themselves uh, any favors. Like. Uh, for like the art for the game um, and stuff like that because if you look at it I know what they're going for but um, it just sort of looks like a before I played it it just looks like a generic ass ninja on the cover and like I guess what I'm saying is Mm. 
if the game, let's say you you love it as much as you love it, Rich, or you end up loving it if you're out there and you haven't played it yet. Like, when I think about something like Shovel Knight, they really found a way to get endearing quickly, whereas, like, this game is a little... The barrier to entry seems a little bit more obscure because even for someone like me, when I looked at it, I'm like, what is this game? It's called The Messenger, but there's a weird ninja on the front like it looks you know yeah. what i mean like it just kind of it's it, i think I it's a tough shrugging it off is looking like any old boring indie platformer but yes and I, I, i'm just saying that doesn't do them favors if it is pretty special so yeah i mean and there are changes as far as design goes as things go on i think really it, okay it, i think it endears itself pretty well as you go like i think the shopkeeper is one of my favorite characters in a game this year like just sitting there and talking. Oh, the to guy him. you they, sell the shards to? Yeah. I don't think I've talked to him. I think I've just walked in and bought shards from him. They have written so much him. dialogue for him. Like you could just sit there and talk to him. Uh, he is he has a lot of really good moments as the game progresses, and you learn like the nature of those hooded guys and what why they're there. Yeah. Uh, I do think it was funny that there was a lot of turtles in there. So there was <laughs> there's a lot of yeah. evil turtles. Uh, green as the turtles, video games taught us anything, turtles. turtles are evil. Yeah, apparently that is the case. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna stick with that. I'm enjoying it, but like I said, it's I'm playing it. And I'm like, this is pretty straightforward, but I know that something crazy is supposed to happen. So it's like yeah. it's weird playing a game where you know that's supposed to. Did you you must have known when you were playing it that's uh, right? I yes, I knew exactly what was going to happen because I had met with uh, Theory, the creator, and demoed that game at PAX uh, long before it came out. And when I sat down to play it with him at his booth, he took me towards a monitor at the back of the booth and was like, hey, I'm going to show you what happens. And he skipped to the last level of that first section and he showed me exactly what happens and what the game becomes. Did it blow your mind even at the time? Or you're like, oh, that's I, I was cool. like, that's pretty amazing. And <laughs> like I said, what exactly changes gameplay wise, they've been pretty forward facing about, but it, it's still cool to see it happen and how they justify it narratively and stuff. Does, does anything change with the main character as well? Like Yes. Uh, okay. you, you get an entirely new sprite and... Everything. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, all right. I'm interested. Uh, see where it goes. That's a, that's a really weird thing, like what they're going for there. It's like, here's a standard ninja-style platformer, and then, woo! I, I kind of have an inkling of what's going to happen from the rumblings, but, like, the actual nature of it I want to experience. Um, let's see what else. Uh, so Celeste, and then... Um, Shay's been really pushing on me. He wants, I promised him I would play a game called The Memory of uh, Our Memory of Us. My Memory of Us? My Memory of Us. Yeah, I you know. also reviewed that for Destructoid.com. You did? Okay. I did. How, how'd you, what'd you give that one? Um, I want to say like an, I don't want to lie to you. Let me, let me check. <laughs> <laughs> let me check my own review score here. Yeah. It's, they all blend together. I, I enjoyed that, uh, that game. It is a nice little experience. Hold on, here we are. Do that back in October. I gave it a 7.5. What'd you play it on? Uh, I played it on PC. PC, okay. I think it's... I thought maybe it was on the Switch, but I couldn't find it on there. So, maybe I just spelled it wrong. Is it on the Switch? Do you know what it's on? Uh, it is on PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One, according to this review on Destructoid.com that I wrote. <laughs> okay, right. Fair enough. I, I've, we'll, we'll trust that guy, so... We'll trust Rich's advice here. Uh, so, 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 yeah, he's been really hammering at me to play that, and then Josh really wants me to play um, the the game where you're the insurance guy. Oh, the, uh, Oberdin, uh, Return of the Oberdin. Oberdin. Yes, I need yeah. to play that as well. Yeah, that's one that everyone's been hammering. You got to play. It's like the it's like the weird niche uh, darling of the, of the holiday season that you're going to hear a lot of critics talk about. Well, you're going to be like, what? 
Listen, it's if you're gonna hammer, it's from the guys who did uh, Papers, Please, so they can have yep. my money. Yep, exactly. It looks cool. I like the idea of it. You're like an insurance. Um, uh, what's the word move for? Insurance, insurance inspector. Adju- insurance adjuster. Adjuster. Yeah. And you're kind of looking at like a like trying. You're almost like solving murders or something uh, like that. Every little boy's dream. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. It almost reminded me of kind of like a Fight Club sort of thing where he would um, he would like he worked for that company and he'd have to look at like really nasty car accidents and try and figure out how to spin it from like a corporate perspective, you know. When you said um, Fight Club, my brain immediately went, "Did you know that the Fight Club video game is the only fighting game where you can play as Fred Durst?" Oh man, well we need to get on that right away. Mm-hmm. We just need to <laughs> Can you have multiple Fred Durst? Can you have can we, Fred Durst versus Fred Durst? I imagine so. Can we reopen Game of the Year? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that sounds amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, so um, I want to get to those ones. Um, I want to get your hot take on Red Dead because I haven't had a chance to talk to you about that, and that has been one of the most polarizing and frustrating games uh, for me. The, the last time I've been this frustrated with... Um, just me bitching and whining is probably when when No Man's Sky came out, but I got it because it was a very weird thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, Red Dead's pretty pretty divisive. I uh, guess polarizing is a word you might use. What's what's your hot take on Red Dead? Um, I really like it. It's a <laughs> it's that's my hot take. Uh, I like to be the cowboy. And you like I, to be the cowboy. Yeah. Do you, do you have a good Arthur Morgan voice? I oh, yeah, that's my girl. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> That's my girl. I like yeah. when he talks to his horse. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you really kind of have to commit to that game and just let it do what it wants to do. I think yeah. it might overstay its welcome a little bit. Like, I think that last act was a lot of like, all right, I see where this is going. Let's get there. But overall, I, I really enjoyed it. And I... You mean I, the epilogue? The final epilogue? Even, or before, the final... even before that. Okay, okay. The okay. final chapter proper. Chapter, okay, okay, six, gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing because I had a bad, like, first night with it, but then since then I've been obsessed with it. I, I, I wish everyone could experience it on the um, Xbox One X like I'm able to because I feel like uh, just listening to people talk about it and, like, I was listening to Jeff Bacalar talk about it on the Beastcast and he was just like, you're not going to believe, like, how incredible this game looks on the xbox one x like it's almost ridiculous and that's like his job he like compares yeah <laughs> stuff like that all the time yeah. and i i wouldn't know any, he rates any refrigerators different. yeah yeah exactly um i wouldn't know any differently because i've only played it on my one x but i can tell you like it just looks so insane like that game is just operating on a level that just seems unfair uh that would take you know eight years and billions of dollars and a labor dispute to pull off probably um because it's just there's so much in that game that it's just completely overwhelming but you're right you have to kind of submit to uh to what it's doing it's it's like at that weird half point where like it's not completely like a mass effect where you kind of design your own goofy little character and you make your own decisions but you do have agency and but it is and it's not quite all the way like a narrative game it's like halfway in the middle because you have a narrative but you're a lot you can change the way your character looks you can make decisions in some cases about what they're going to do so it's like you're you're, you're role playing you know yeah I mean? for sure I, I think the the thing I that annoys me the most about it is probably that weird morality system because 
for a game that's trying to stress, like, through its narrative that you're not a good person, it sure wants to punish me for doing bad stuff. Yeah, well, that's the weird thing, though. Like, I feel like the narrative... I don't really feel like it's saying he's not a good per- at first he is a he has a bad past indeed and he has some bad quality it's he's, he's the confusing character and this opens up a whole other sort of philosophical debate the interesting thing about Arthur I've noticed is that he feels like obviously everyone's beat this to death in the media because it's called Red Dead Redemption right mm-hmm. but he feels like a character who is like coming into his own as a good character but he has these flashes uh, and of, of sort of old Arthur that comes out. Like, I still remember this scene at the beginning of the game where I helped this guy who was, like, dangling from a cliff because I didn't want him to die. And then the guy was like, thank you. And he was just like... Um, I killed that guy. Like, yeah. Oh, did you? Oh. <laughs> well, then you missed the whole thing that happened. Your Arthur Morgan does sound like I put on my bandit mask and I shot him in the hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your Arthur Morgan is kind of uh, an asshole? It, well, this was towards the start of the game. He got better. Oh, okay, okay. So, well, I, if you spare him in that sequence, he has a, a very point, like an interesting thing he says to the dude that's kind of cool. Um, but he has like these flashes. But like in general, he seems like a good. I just did this funny quest last night where I, I chased down this kid for a crucifix in the in the town. It was just oh, a small. Oh, in, uh, in Saint Denis? Yeah, it was just a yeah, short yeah. little quest where I had to chase down this kid for a crucifix. But like, th- this is the magic of that game, and this is minor spoilers. So if you if this is gonna bother you, then you should probably skip ahead a little. But um, basically, the, after I did that section, I chased down this kid for for the crucifix. I ran into this prostitute that was actually this character from earlier in the game that um, named Miss Downs. That I had, mm-hmm. I basically beat up her husband and and I robbed them of all their money. And because I did that, it forced her to a life on the streets. <laughs> there is, I, I think that is depending on how you want to play it because it is your option. Um, there is a really interesting sort of character arc in how Arthur changes as that game progresses, especially dealing with those particular side quests you're referencing with um, Air Strauss. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that. That and that was the thing that was tough because when you do those quests, you do feel more like an asshole. It, even that was my only my only real major criticism of the game because it's been like uh, for the most part just an obsession of mine for the past month. But my my major criticism with it is just sometimes the narr- the narrative can um, work at odds with sort of the open world nature of the game. And, oh, totally. And and that's kind of a little bit frustrating. Like the first time you go to take money from that lady's husband that I was just talking about. I didn't lay a finger on that dude. I did not touch him. I was just yelling at him, threatening him. But when the cutscene started, he was beaten and bloody because the game wanted me to punch him and they assumed I was going to... You know what I mean? That section in particular, there is a very important narrative reason for that. Yes, uh, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was just funny because it's like, that's fine, but if you give me the choice, don't give me the illusion of any sort of choice. Yeah, they there. should sort of force you into the combat encounter in that yeah. one. Or at the very least, show you hitting him in the cutscene. Yes, because, yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, if you want it to go a certain way, then take the option away from me for that. Because I understand then, for the story purpose why you want me to not have uh, leniency in that particular section. Yeah, it's just the story in short just gets really, really on rails, and you have to sort of accept that, which is fine. Um, but like because it's an open world game, and you've been playing it a certain way, every time you're not in a story, you'll tend to sort of you can do things that sort of break the story down. And I think that's it's odd because I I remember like I feel like having a little more freedom. 
uh, is always a good thing. Like I remember even back in the day, like with Grand Theft Auto, I could pull up like my car. To, like if I knew a guy was going to make a getaway in a certain car, I would like pop the tire before the mission started. And then I'd watch him run and try and get into that car and he wouldn't be able to. And then he'd be panicking. You know, like I would always try to like fuck with this, the system to see what would happen. Um, which is what anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Have you run into the clan at all? Yeah. Twice, twice. I, it's one of my favorite things because they're the only, to my knowledge, the only people in the game you can kill and your morality goes up. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, does the morality system actually affect anything though? I have no idea. I, not anything larger scale. I, it might be how people react towards you in the world. Possibly I'd have to, sort of look into that i'm sure it's running some numbers in the background yeah and i guess that's what i'm curious about because if it doesn't affect anything really big then it's not that big of a deal and yet at the same time if it's not the big of a deal then why is it even there so it's yeah. kind of confusing you know um like it, the game does such a good job of not really being about like playing the gray area there that to see a little number pop up if you're bad or something is just kind of a little a little odd but at the same time if it doesn't really affect anything big then it's like then what is it even doing there yeah yeah like what it's is it really that big of a deal it's it's, it's just odd but um what i was going to say was yeah i ran into two of the the clan things and i'm mad at myself because i i killed the leader um unless they keep reappearing with different leaders because if they do, uh, anyways, I wanted I wanted to grab the leader and feed him to a crocodile for That's Instagram, um, but and then I realized that I had shot the leader in the head. I'm like, well, fuck! If I kill him, is he not going to come back? Are they different? How many How many of those have you run into? Uh, two or three. Okay, so maybe there's more that I can run into over time. Always oh, just wandering around the hills at night. <laughs> just wandering everywhere. So I saw the one where the cross falls on that's, the. Yeah, that's people talk about that one a lot when it like crushes him. Yeah, and then, uh, no, the cross fell on his workers, but he was okay. And then there was one where the workers, like, lit the the cross on fire, and then they just caught on fire and mm -hmm. ran. Those are the only two that I've seen, but they've been entertaining. Uh, and that one made me laugh because I'm like, dude, you can't put your fucking racist gross rally right next to the road. Of course I'm going to see, like, literally their, their KKK rally was, like, five feet from the road, and I'm just like, what? They're not very, they're not the smartest group of, uh, of, of people in the world, that's for sure. Shouldn't you guys be up in the trees or something? Uh, somewhere a little more, you know, hidden. Uh, but there's, dude, there's some weird shit in that game that I have either heard people encounter or I haven't. Like, did you run across, like, the guy that was hanging in the swamp? Like, he was, like, hanging oh, from the news? yeah. The one that was, like, a trap? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, like, a trap. And, like, the yeah. crazy knife-wielding, like, yes, yes people come out. That scared the shit out of me when that happened. Because um, I'm just like, what the fuck? This guy's hanging here. I was just kind of looking at it. Yeah. And then these, like, masked fuckers jumped out at me. And I was like, what the fuck? It was like, and they looked real creepy. And I was like, god damn. They killed me, too. And the, you know what pissed me off about that? They killed me, and I lost my legendary fish. And I was real mad about it. Bastards. I had a legendary gar on the back of my horse. But I haven't quite figured out how the, the quests open up in that game. Because, like, sometimes, like, new stranger missions are just popping up. And I know they're somewhat tied to how far you are in the story because you can, like, for example, I didn't do anything until I got to chapter four. I was just mostly doing all narrative. Uh, and then mm -hmm. I stopped and I said, I want to just go explore the, the world for like two weeks. And that's what I've been doing and having a great time. But because I've been doing that, the missions are popping up like one after another. Like I, I did, I've been doing all the photography missions for like that wildlife photographer guy. Yeah. Um, 
and but they just pop up one after another, which is odd. Or like I'll sleep and then a new one. I don't know how they. What I'm saying is like they seem to pop up very organically, but I don't know how like the math in the background is on those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so something is running numbers and pulling strings, but I don't know exactly how all of it works. Are there still a lot of those even up until the final, like even in chapter six and stuff? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Man, and that's crazy. There are certain ones that, for narrative reasons, are no longer available in, like, say, the epilogue. Uh, okay. But uh, cool. that's, that's why I would say, like, do as many of those as you can. I just kind of wanted to see the end, and I even had it in my head then that I'm like, I might wait a while when things cool off. I might just kind of play this again. I, I want to, yeah, because that's the, the anxiety I get is I want to do all those things, but I also want to finish it. And it's just, like, it's a lot. It's a, it is a time-consuming thing. And, uh... It can make st- it'll be stressful for people like us that are trying to play a lot of stuff for the holiday season. Um, that time of year. But yeah, I I very much um, love that game dearly. I actually have a couple video um, videos I'm going to edit. That game is going to be the hardest for me to. There's always one game during like Game of the Year awards where when I go to listen to other places, whether it be giant bomb or other places like that where there's always one game that i have an emotional attachment to and i have to listen to people rip it apart and i'm just gonna i'm gonna bite my tongue the whole time that 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 one's gonna be the one for me do you have do you have one like that this year oh god nothing's really jumping out of me is that i'm not ready to hear anyone kind of shake it down i think i've kind of like tempered myself for that sort of stuff i'm like listen not everybody's gonna feel the same way you do about this thing like yeah, you're I, very reasonable about that. I'm not. I try. I try and be. I didn't. I wasn't always. I, yeah, no. It's it's a process. I try to become more reasonable every year, and I feel like I'm failing at it. When you start um, reviewing games with open comments sections pretty regularly, you have to sort of. Figure yeah. It out. No, no, you're right. Whenever I posted that video of fish bashing on Red Dead, I posted it for fun, and that's good for the entertainment aspect of it, and. You know, and then I was surprised because there was still a handful of people that were like, "I kind of agree with Fish," and I'm like, "God damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, that's that's sort of the nature of the beast. You have to be open to that stuff, and that's fine. That's okay. You know, not everyone's gonna like the same stuff, mm-hmm. um, and yet my soul will be in distress. Um, let's see. So that that'll be fun to see how that one shakes out at the end of the year. Uh, let's see, what else do we got? Uh, I'm if there's anything really important we missed. Um, I bought Assassin's Creed Odyssey on sale on Black Friday, but I'm not going to touch it until my palette is clean because I don't want to jump from Red Dead to immediately to another fucking open world I game. I did the exact opposite of that. I went right from Odyssey to Red oh Dead. Oh my god. Back you, to Spider-Man. You're a crazy person. Um, so, Cassandra, is she a great character? Tell me about Cassandra. She might be pretty awesome and here's the thing it's funny my cassandra experience is from watching other people play and this is gonna sound so weird oh no were you alexios i played alexios because everybody was playing cassandra and i'm like i want to i want to see what the other side is and he's fine he's fine he's just he's just Ezio. No, but Cassandra is so great, though. Oh, yeah, she's amazing from everything I've seen, from watching other people play. Like, I made the poorer choice, but I did it for the sake of having a different experience (laughs) than what everyone on the internet was going to have, even if that experience is sort of dull. It's weird that they even went through the length of having two. I I just see that one gif going around a lot on my Twitter where Cassandra's shoving something up a pig's ass. I don't know. (laughs) Have you seen that? Yeah, that's pretty early on in the game. Is it? Okay. It's Yeah. 
She seems like a fun character. I think that's going to probably make that game for me because I'm not a big Assassin's Creed guy. But, like, the thing now about having a... Do you have a One X? I do not. Okay. The thing... I've, well, you have a PS4 Pro now, though, right? Yes. Okay. Um, the thing I've noticed about having an Xbox One X is that now every time I play something and I'm just like... Like, the last five games I've played have been, like, the best-looking games ever. And they're all, like, Xbox One Enhanced, and it's just... Like, even Tomb Raider looked amazing on my Xbox One X. Like, and now that I, I hear about, like, there is a tangible difference, it's just such a cool thing. Like, I bought I bought uh, Monster Hunter on sale for, like, mm-hmm. 25 bucks because that also said it was Xbox One Enhanced, and I thought that'd be kind of fun to play. I'm going to play that a little bit more for Fish. I didn't like it as much as Fish did, but I know you and Fish love that game. Monster Hunter's real good. Um, See, that's so it's so nuts. I forget about all these things that came out this year. God damn. That was a long time ago. That was January. Yeah. But you know what? G- uh, Jeff Keighley did not forget because Monster Hunter got nominated for Game of the Year at the Game Awards, which I thought was a little bit of a sleeper there as well, honestly. That was um, the only thing that pissed me off. I know that you weren't a big Far Cry fan like I was, but the soundtrack in that game is really good, and that one pissed me off that they – was there any, like, omission? Did you looked at all the Game Awards? Or do you really get uh, that or not really? Yeah, I looked over most of them. Uh, I would have, like I said, I, Celeste feels like, and again, nothing against Celeste. I think it's a great game. It feels so weirdly out of left field to be up on there to me. Like, and I'm not sure how they deliberate all that stuff. Like, I might have put, like, the messenger up there. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you know, see, I would have put Into the Breach. That would have been my indie replacement. Um, Into the Breach everyone's is a good got- one. Everyone's got their own, like, sort of indie game that meant a lot to them. But that's why it's weird. Like, I think if you could even throw Astrobot on there, and I think it would probably be fine if you looked at the Metacritic on that. Um, yeah, it could definitely hold its own. Yeah, that's that is weird. That's the weird thing about Celeste. I'm trying to think of what else you could really replace it with that is a critical darling, but I feel like that's probably about it. Um, I I My gut tells me because it's is that God of War is going to win. I um, think so. Because I just feel like that's got a little bit more widespread appeal, probably. Um, that's my... I, I think it's down to God of War or uh, Red Dead, but I think God of War will win because it just has that appeal, man. Like, there's a lot of people really, really love that game. People I will like say Kratos. That my surprise of the year that made me happy, I know you might not feel this way, but best ongoing game, they threw uh, No Man's Sky in there. That made me happy to see. I'm glad people are digging that because it's definitely a lot different and a lot better, but I just can't dive back into that. I just can't. I tried, um, and it's really neat to see that game kind of change, but not for me. There's a new update, the Visions update. Yeah, I saw <laughs> I saw actually. The Abyss update. Um, I have to, it's a good summer game for me because it takes up a lot of time and like in the summer there's not really a lot to do. So that's normally whenever I get my No Man's Sky on. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to see that game is like actually being nominated for things is real weird. Um, there's some weird things in there like Best Narrative, Detroit got a Best Narrative nod. That's kind of weird. Yeah, that's Um, insane to me. Because I don't think that game's good. <laughs> that's, that's that's a little bit strange, right? Yeah. Um, I'm like, you guys know David Cage wrote that, right? I, I thought the first <laughs> half was fine. I played it with my wife. It's just, it it did the thing that those games normally do where it just spiraled out of control. And the, at the last, like, I like playing the last couple hours of that game was just like a form well, of torture for again, me. Again, yeah, it was one of those games where the entire narrative 
was David Cage beating me over the head with a metaphor going, do you get it? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I fucking get you it. don't get it yet. But I mean, there was like, there's some things, unfortunately, they get lost in that game that are kind of cool. Like some of the set design, like there was a scene where this guy was like swimming in a pool that looked like blood. And he had these like hot Android ladies like sitting around and stuff. like there, there are interesting aesthetic things going on in those games, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the story's kind of insane. The, the heavy handedness um, of it is what loses me. Yeah, you don't like the the heavy handedness, huh? You, uh, that's fair. I think that's fair. I I don't even mind the heavy handedness. I just want you to do it with a a deft hand, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, can you can you have a deft heavy hand? That should be my poll um, of the week. I think <laughs> they have, I think they have a cream for that now. The deft <laughs> is your hand too heavy? We can make it a little more deft. <laughs> um, so, anyways, that's enough for for just. I was just kind of getting your picking your brain on those. But well, we talked we touched on this a little bit. But the topic of the week was basically if people were going to finally get into VR. Have they? Is two hundred dollar price point interesting enough to people? Um, and judging from the the way that I've seen in the in the media, it seems like there's going to be a lot of people jumping into it. But there's a couple comments we can read through every Thursday at Sorechomp on Instagram. If you want to chime in, we might grab your comment to read on the show. Um, woo! Uh, CL Truitt 22 said, I made some serious hints to Santa this year about this, and I'm fairly certain I'll be a happy kid on Christmas. Uh, for me, it took trying it out once, and I was uh, it was so immersive, I was completely sold. So that's cool. Um, Josh and Fish got to play through all of Moss when they visited me, and they also played Astrobot, and I think Josh secretly liked VR, even though he wouldn't. He doesn't want to admit it. it. He doesn't want to admit it. He, I think at first it threw him off because of his glasses and everything. And But I think that he, he was coming around to it because he played a lot of Astrobot. You can get comfortable with it quick. I got, like, big, thick glasses, and I I get the headset on fine. I think yeah. PSVR is actually the most comfortable headset for that in particular. Um, Razzleberry said, order mine finally. The Astrobot bundle. It's the first game that I really want to try. Um, also for the 199 price tag. I think it's fair. I wouldn't have paid more. See, and and I'm happy to hear she got it. It is interesting to hear that 199 was like the the happy medium for a lot of people. 200 bucks. That's knowing what we both paid. Like that's a great price. Yeah, yeah. And to have yeah, it Ralph. come with software, they didn't give <laughs> that, me anything. Too so- no, nothing. I had to go spend 60 more bucks on a yeah. Resident Evil. You know. Fucking yeah, Razzleberry. Trust me, you're getting. I don't think you realize how good this is. Um, you're talking to the guy who bought the Resident Evil candle so it would smell like Resident Evil. Um, what did that smell like? Grandma's old uh, urine and mold? Yeah, you know, like a homicide scene in your grandma's house. <laughs> I want that. I want a Resident Evil. You got a Resident Evil candle? Yeah. I want that. It's the that... 4, 4D Resident Evil 7 candle. They come with the collector's edition? Uh, no, I had to buy that separately. Oh. God damn it. I want to... What does it actually smell like? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to go get it so I can show it to you on the camera. Okay. <laughs> have you never let it? You've never used it, huh? No, I used it. I I, oh, I okay. still have plenty of it left. Okay. Okay. He's Rich is going to go grab it right now. i uh, narrate this. He's going to grab his Resident Evil candle. I'm very jealous. Um, she said, Razzleberry also said, I actually tried VR at work for the first time of all places. Walmart uses VR for training at their academies. Didn't get dizzy, so I'm hopeful it stays that way. What? That's weird. Walmart uses for training. All right, Rich has returned. All right, so yeah, this is my Resident Evil 4D candle. Oh, okay, it's like a flat sort of candle. Yeah. I was thinking like a long, slendery looking. It's, 
you know, we still, I still okay. got plenty of candle left. Yeah, you, what does it smell like if you just put it up to your nose? It uh, it smells like an old house. Really? Uh, let's see, I'll read the back, We're, so yeah. maybe they'll get more description for you. The scent of horror, fear, and adrenaline. <laughs> you need to take a picture of that and send it to me. <laughs> I, I like that. I want that now. I'm going to go find that. You can definitely still get this on Amazon. I think I paid like 15 bucks for it. Oh, that's not bad. Okay. Cool. Cool. Resident Evil 7 always has a place in my heart. I, I'm going to love that game like after a couple years when I forget it, and then I can play it again, and it'll be like I'm playing it for the first time, you know? Exactly, and that's why I saved the candle, because I'm like, what if I want... I like would put it out after every time, like, what if I want to play it again? This is good with Astro Bot and Moss, because I was worried that Resident Evil 8 might come out and they might ditch the VR, but I still think there's a good chance that they will make Resident Evil 8 the same way as 7, which is like, you can play the whole thing in VR, but you don't have to. Um... Yeah, I think that's a good angle. It it works, and it was it surprisingly didn't feel tacked on. No, no, it didn't. I'm curious to see how again, like analytically, I want to see how these numbers shake out for 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 Sony. I mean, to to be honest with you, Resident Evil Seven is still probably my favorite VR game. It's it's just I think so uh, too because just everything about that like first person horror perspective, like that's the thing where I was like, that's what VR is for. Yeah, yeah, I love the yes, exactly. I love the idea of living. I would never want to go to a creepy house like that in real life, obviously. But that's the great thing about VR; it can put me in that world, and I can vicariously sort of like, you know, yeah, step into those horrible places. Um, Isn't that nuts? As like we as human beings, like we invent incredibly immersive technology, and the first thing we do is try and scare ourselves with it. Yeah, yeah, or find porn. Um, well, yeah, right? I mean, we don't talk about that. Like we, like, <laughs> we're like, yeah, there's porn on it. Come on, like, yeah. <laughs> Of course there is. No, I was actually talking to my therapist about that back in the day. I was going through, uh, I had like a regular therapy session like every week for like uh, a year or so. And um, I, my therapist was like, would talk to me about that. She's like, you like to, it's interesting that you like to put yourself into that place. Cause I would get anxiety when I played it, but it was like a different kind of anxiety. And she was like, I, I kind of like the kick of it. And we thought we would talk about it and stuff and sort of like analyze it. So it is weird. I agree. It's the adrenaline, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it definitely made me feel alive, that's for sure. Um, I don't know, just sort of a, to me that's very emblematic of like where we are for video games as like that experience was like, it, holy shit. It's the same reason we go on roller coasters. I just want to feel something. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, sometimes I regret not making that my game of the year and I, I get real sad and I just, I, I get uh, just indecisive. I don't remember um, where it fell on my list. It was It was up there. It was in there somewhere. Okay, yeah. that's good. I believe Persona Five was the game of the year that year. Definitively, we decided yeah. as we decided as a society. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm sure we did. Uh, <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I remember your love for Persona Five. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, comment here. Willios Life said had mine for a few months. Still find it a ton of fun when new games come out. Tetris Effect and Beat Saber is awesome. Mm-hmm. Of course, Beat. What's the music like? It Beat Saber. I'm just worried it's gonna be like generic ass techno or something. Uh, it's definitely like on the techno end of it, but I, I don't know to be honest with you. I'll let you know because okay. I'm gonna play some of that. Yeah, let me let me know what that's like. Send me a video of you slinging those, those sticks around. Mm-hmm. Sling your sticks for me, Rich. Sling Ab- your sticks. Yeah, that's what I'm known for. The Stick Slinger. Richie B. Good said, though, I do very much look forward to getting it one day. I've only tried VR once for a short time, and to me it'll be as exciting as getting a new console, which I really look forward to. The price drop really helps, but there are some cool-looking games on it, but I'd rather spend my money on other games that are out right now, 
like Assassin's Creed and stuff. Um, one thing I, when you were getting up, I was reading that I thought was weird was the, the girl left a comment about finally pulling the trigger on it. She said she actually tried it for the first time at her job. Um, Walmart uses VR for training at their academies. So, so does KFC. <laughs> isn't that wild? That's yeah. wild. So does KFC. Yeah. Do you, but yeah, so she knew like, <laughs> oh, I don't, I didn't get dizzy, so I'm fine. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's really interesting. I think that's the the biggest hurdle I've always thought this, Rich, is just that people can't try it. If more people could just put the headset on for for ten minutes, they would know immediately whether they whether they were into it or not. You know. Exactly. Yeah. You you need to put it on, and the thing that sucks too is you can't even like put it on that. Like there are straight up games in VR I can't play. Uh, like Robinson, The Journey, cannot play that game. Makes me incredibly sick. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's yeah exactly, and that's the tricky thing. Someone might put it on and be like, "Oh, VR makes me nauseous," and it's like, "Well, it's a case by case basis." And I know that's not a great answer for people, but it's the truth. You know, it's mm-hmm. just the truth. Um, Resident Evil was the first game where I got my VR legs, so to speak. Like I would have like four hours, six hour sessions in VR by the time I was done with that thing. Yeah, me too. That was the one, like, the first, like, day or two, I did feel a little bit of, like, I don't know if it was, like, a headache or sort of an eye strain, but by by the third night, I was in that thing for two hours at a time, and I felt fine. So, mm. yeah, it's 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 a real thing. Um, Kilted Gamer said Moss and Astrobot are insanely brilliant. It's very true. They are insanely brilliant. Uh, Captain Hawk said the price drop helps, but I'm still a skeptic when it comes down to games. I've seen some people... Um, some people's gameplays and the controls look subpar, if not downright janky. VR is gonna have to come, it's gonna have to come some distance before I spend my hard-earned cash on it. I don't know, two hundred dollars is pretty. I don't really feel like it's that jank. Here's the weird thing: I know people have had issues, and I don't like to be the one guy on the internet who's like, "I've never had problems," because that you know that's just irritating for anyone involved. I will just say that I've never had problems. <laughs> I, I think I had a problem like once, and it was a matter of just kind of adjusting the camera. Like it was frustrating, but you can work through all of that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, everyone's setup is a little different. All I know is from the day I've hooked mine up, it's generally worked fine. If there is an issue, I might just, like, unplug it or just I hold down the options button and recenter it, and I'm generally fine. So, If I have to say the one thing that gets, like, super frustrating for me with VR, and this sounds like so – and I think plenty of people have expressed this, is, like, the setup time is what – like, I got to move my coffee table to play a game if I have to be standing. Like, it's a whole to-do, and some nights you just get home and you're like – I really want to be playing X game, but I also don't want to, I don't want it to be a production. I want to be able to just sit in my chair and just go. Yeah. I've heard people say that. I think the one thing that the disconnect I've always had there is that mine is like always hooked up and I just sort of like coil, coil it under the, um, in the entertainment center. So whenever I want to use it, I literally just push the power button and, and wheel out the thing. Like I, it's always hooked up 24 seven. See the, the only reason mine isn't hooked up 24 seven is because we have that first model that does not have HDR pass through. Um, so I, was that a model even before mine? Uh, I, it must be, I guess. Cause I, I can play mine all the time. Yeah. I don't have HDR. Pa- it doesn't have HDR pass through on that breakout uh. box. So if I leave it plugged in all the time, then I'm not getting HDR or 4K output to my TV from my Pro. Oh, okay. No, see, that's a whole different thing. I don't have uh, 4K TV. Yeah, okay, okay. That makes sense. That, yeah, and that does suck. That does suck. See, mine is hooked up all the time, but I don't have a 4K TV or 
HDR or anything like that. Yeah, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. There's pr- is there a way to like leave it mostly hooked up and then just like swap one cord in there? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm just I have a second HDMI cable that's plugged in that way, and it's a matter of pulling one cable out and plugging the other one in. But I'm gonna even complain about that because that's the kind of person I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's fair. I mean, that's hey, you know what? Things in life sometimes take a little bit of work. You know, the great things in life. You know, well, you just went to Disney World, then you just stand in line for 50 minutes just to go down the. <laughs> I had a fast pass. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. What's the fast pass? Like 20 minutes, 15? Okay, no. So here's the thing. This is actually great because I was in California. I was in Disneyland. And the way their fast pass works, I paid like the $10 from it. And you don't even have to go to the ride to get the fast pass. You can get it from your phone and then just show up when it's your turn to ride. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's fucking fantastic. Man, I was always jealous of those fast pass fuckers whenever I went to Disneyland. Well, it's a thing you can just get now, even if you don't pay for it. You just got to go up to the ride and be like, I'm going to come back at this time. But I paid for it, so I could do it from my phone. So you pay for it on an individual basis? Yeah, like uh, we paid like 10 bucks. No, no, 10 bucks and we had unlimited fast passes for the day. That's it? $10? No, that can't be. It's an extra $10 on your ticket. Why wouldn't everyone do that? I don't know. Maybe they're stupid. That seems crazy to me. At some point, (laughs) that that seems too good to be true. It's Um, not. It it was real. I was in Disneyland on Mickey's ninetieth birthday. What was? What's your go-to? What's your favorite place at Disney? What's your favorite ride? Your go-to ride? Uh, I have always been a fan of the Tower of Terror, which is now Guardians of the Galaxy in Disneyland, and that was pretty awesome. Okay, that's good. Is that the? Is Disneyland the one with the Indiana Jones ride? Yes. I think it. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember from my kid. It's been a while since I was a kid. I think my go-to was always um, what's the what's the mountain one? The bobsled mountain. Oh, uh, the Matterhorn. Matterhorn. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, I loved that. Space Mountain was also great, That's but the problem. I lean more towards Space Mountain over the Matterhorn. It scares me too much because you're in the dark, and uh, but like you could still kind of see the ra- if you look, you could still kind of see the uh, the railway and everything. And there's just something about it that freaks me out because it's like. I, I can't see what's going on in there, and that's part of the appeal. It's yep. great, but it's like freaks me out. You ever out. seen pictures of Space Mountain with the lights on? Is it fucking weird looking? It's, it's terrifying. Like, Is it really? Oh, man. It, it can ruin that ride for you because you see like how the rails like pass over each other and stuff, and you're like, am I inches from death on this thing? <laughs> that's why you can't be standing up on that thing. Yeah. You can get yourself decapitated. Um, well, at least that's how it goes. Uh, Mario Corella said, I've had one mine since day one and I love it. Beat Saber is awesome. And so another Beat Saber lover there. Um, I gotta give that a shot. And Texas Walk said, I just ordered mine. Astrobot and Tetris Effect sold me. So Tetra- Tetris Effect and Astrobot are really moving. As much as I love Moss, those games seem to be moving the needle a lot more for, uh, for this system. So... This, it's cool. I'm ha- I'm happy to see it for because it means we're gonna get some good stuff going forward. Um, for sure. As long as Sony doesn't fucking bungle it up, it won't be at E3 next year, so I won't get to fucking see it. it fucking pisses me off. <laughs> um, it'll be fun to see all their new VR titles that they'll be showing at E3 2019. Rich. Oh yeah, I'm really excited to see their E3 presentation. <laughs> uh, we're gonna be doing it from the parking lot of the In and Out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, well, that would be kind of nice. Get some In-N-Out burgers. 
Uh, okay, last quick things here we have. We did some polls every Tuesday at Sword Trump on Instagram. People vote. We talk about stuff. Detective Pikachu trailer dropped. Rich, what are your hot thoughts on the hot I and fuzzy Pikachu? can't believe I want to see that movie. <laughs> no, you that can is, believe it. That is not what I was expecting at all. And I watched that trailer and I'm like, does that movie look fucking awesome? It, it does look pretty amazing. Look at that uh, Psyduck, man. Man, that's... <laughs> look at his weird pupils. Look at all the... I was looking real hard for a Blastoise or a Squirtle, and I didn't see one, so I wasn't uh, happy. But... There was a Squirtle in that trailer, I believe. Is is there Squirtle hiding? Okay. Yeah. I, there's a... Um, in the scene when they're, like, in... There's, like, a cage or something. They're standing, looking through, like, bars. If you look in the left-hand corner, there's a Squirtle there. Okay, cool. Well, that, that makes brings me hope. These, so, yeah, the weird thing about it is, as a fan of Pokemon since I was a kid, I was just kind of... They don't really focus on it too much, but if you look in the trailer, you'll see a bunch of stuff like on his wall, like about like uh, Sinnoh championships and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like the the cool thing is, it's a story that is not about the generic Pokemon story, but it's based in the Pokemon world. So the, it seems like for fans, you'll be able to just pick out all these cool little like Easter eggs and stuff like that. And that is, I think, a really smart way to do it instead of just the generic. I'm a boy. I want to be the best. Let me get my Pokemon. You know, what I, I mean? think that story would fall flat. I think this is a much better idea. Um, by, by the way, speaking of your Squirtle want, I, I, I want to credit someone, but I don't know who wrote it. It was like a Reddit or a Tumblr post or something I saw that was like, if there is not a scene in that movie where Pikachu says he needs to go see some criminal informants and they go meet up with the Squirtle squad to get information, I'm going to flip out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? That would be so fucking amazing. Um, yeah, that, that's... It's it's cool. You know, Ryan Reynolds looks, seems like a great fit. Someone had an interesting point they were telling me. I was on a, another podcast uh, last week as a, as a guest um, called Nerds of the Third, and they were basically telling me that they were we, were kind of one of them was saying that he wished it was more of a method. Pe <laughs> that sounds weird, not like a Daniel Day Lewis thing, but <laughs> like they had wished Ryan Reynolds was playing a little bit more of a character instead of just Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. Um, so that remains a little bit to be mm. seen, but yeah, uh, Ryan Reynolds see, is great. Yeah, I had to really get into the headspace of Pikachu, so I started <laughs> eating. A, I started eating a bunch of puffins, and you started just like sticking your finger in the socket, you just yeah. you know get a little jolt. You gotta feel it. Um, yeah, what is the headspace of a Pikachu? You know what I mean? Like I don't know how much uh, you could really methodize that. Pe so peak a peak. We can't have the Daniel Day Lewis of a. How about the texture Pikachu? on Greninja's tongue? Yeah, I haven't. I have. Well, I've seen the manalize, you know, the pores on Mr. Mime's face, but I haven't seen Great Ninja's tongue. I, I, Mr. Mime is a thing of nightmares. I just want to put that out there. I was playing Pokemon Let's Go, and in in Let's Go now, the encounters aren't as random. Like you see the Pokemon walking around in the grass, and you have to go make contact with them. And yeah. I just saw Mr. Mime like skulking around in the grass, and I'm like, that's terrifying. I need to get him out of here. Yeah, I saw that. I saw somebody putting that on Twitter, and it was just like Mr. Mime following them around. And it was fucking horrifying. Yeah, it's it's a nightmare thing. It's weird to like be to remember being like twelve years old and just having your friends talk about how creepy Mr. Mime was, was, and then now all these years later have the internet talking about how creepy Mr. Mime is. It's just strange, you know. <laughs> it's the photorealistic Mr. Mime we've all been clamoring for. Yeah, I mean that was the way they had to do it. I think it's better than the completely like, sort of gelatinous, like, CGI. Like, there's a way they could have made these Pokemon look that would have just been awful. Um, and 
I think that this is the right way to do it. We'll see. I it think looks... so. Charizard looks like a dragon, like a real <laughs> dragon. You know, you know, real dragons. <laughs> you know, those real. It, it looks, it looks really wild. It really does. I, I, that's gonna. And my daughter made me watch the trailer like five times, so I think she's gonna be excited to see it. It's a good trailer. Uh, so I can always use her as an excuse to go see it, even though I probably would have seen it anyway. Who am yeah. I kidding? You can go see it alone, an adult man. I have no shame. Uh, well, I <laughs> I wouldn't have to go alone, but there's no... Anyway, 84% of our audience said it looks surprisingly charming. That is a high number. Uh, that is a high victory for Pikachu. Yeah, like, I was ready to write this thing off. I knew I thought a trailer was going to come out, and I'd be like, yep, that looks like I thought it would, but they circumvented every expectation I had, and now I want to go see the Pokemon movie. That's true. That's true. And uh, it's a nice segue into, we had sort of a silly poll, which was, uh, it's Thanksgiving here in the States, which is a holiday that we celebrate, We're eating lots of delicious food, including stuffing. And uh, the poll question was very simple. Mmm, stuffing, yum. Or, stuff me. And uh, with a picture is, of shirtless fish. <laughs> is, that, is, is there an all of the above option? <laughs> can you, you can have, yes, you can have whatever you want. You can mm -hmm. be stuffed and... Uh, all the thirsty people out. Only 33% of our audience was thirsty enough to ask to be stuffed, uh, and the rest of them were wanting their classic stuffing. So um, it's all those single people out there wanting to get stuffed. I hope you did. And uh, to everyone else who enjoyed their stuffing, that's great too. Did you have a good Thanksgiving feast? Yeah, it was it was pretty good. Um, you know, I sat with the family, had a meal, then I went out to uh, see some friends uh, in the evening time. Nice, very nice. Yeah, yeah, me too. We went to my, um, both both of our families, my family went to my wife's family's house. So it was like a family gathering, and they made a bunch of, like, just amazing food, and uh, uh, she makes, her mom makes these, like, pumpkin cakes thing. It almost tastes mm. like a carrot cake kind of a thing, uh, and it's fucking amazing. Um, anyways... Hope you got stuffed. Uh, last poll, Sony canceling E3 for the first time ever. Uh, there was two choices, and that was either this sucks, I love E3, or no, it really sucks. What the fuck? Uh, what's your take on this whole Sony bowing out of E3 next year? I think Sony is just the first one to, they made the move first. Uh, it's the beginning of the end. E E3 hasn't been... Don't say that. Don't say that, Rich. Don't say it's the <laughs> beginning of the end. Well, well, here's the thing you need to understand. They don't need to do this. None of them. Nintendo only kind of does it, even at this point. Like, they just happen to have a presentation the same week every year. Um, and I think this means maybe in 2019 we get a little bit of a bigger PSX. Uh, because they're on top of the world right now, and I don't think them pulling out of E3 means they don't have stuff to talk about. I think it means they want to do it on their terms, which is fine. Hmm. I, I agree with you that it is probably it could be the beginning of the end, but that's my problem with it. They're gonna take E three from me, Rich. E three is magic. It is a I, magical time of the year. It's my favorite time of year, and I, I don't think E three is gonna ever end, so to speak. But it's not gonna be the show it used to be. Like gone are the days of wisecracking Wario robots on the showroom floor. <sighs> I, it's weird because some people like I thought last year Microsoft killed it. So like it's still possible to like I feel like just selfishly as a fan and a consumer having that one time a year where everyone gets together and it's like a big party like to see that if that slowly dies over time, I think that sucks. And if Sony it has does 
it's a big it's a big time for the industry like you said like getting together just seeing people everybody's working everybody's kind of in a good mood but also miserable uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they do all their fun little conference, like talking over the conferences, or you sit down with your friends, you watch the, the press conferences, maybe you go to the show, or you watch the trailers at home on your computer. It's just a fun time of the year, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, it, if Sony has a hand, the biggest hand, what Monet say, a heavy, deft hand, in destroying this thing, it's, it's, I'm, it's just really, it does not sit well with me, Rich. As, well. as Sony famously said, please don't talk about my hands, my hands are huge. I have the biggest hands in the world. They do have the biggest hands in the world. And I it's it just sucks. It just sucks for me. So I'm curious. I'd love to see Microsoft sweep in there and take all their space and just blow it out of the water. I, I, do, I actually respectfully disagree. I think that it means that they don't have a lot of cool things to show next year. Oh, um, I, don't, I don't think so at all. I, I, like, maybe not the hard-hitting year they had this year because they had one hell of a year. But uh, they skipped PSX this year. I think they're going to do a bigger one in 2019. And I think it's smarter to get behind that messaging and do everything on your own terms. I wouldn't be surprised if they even go sort of the Nintendo Direct style of things. Yeah, I mean, and well, and it sucks because they bowed out and they said they're not even going to do something like that. But in the future, who knows what they'll do? Like, is this like... The, the thing that worries me is it might not just be like a one-year thing. They might just be like, well, we didn't, weren't there next year, and now this year we're going to do it on... I mean... I think it depends on how this goes for them. Yeah. Um, if they feel everything goes fine, the numbers keep ticking up, they do their own sort of presentation when they want to, and they still have a killer year, then why do they need to go to E3? Well, and it sucks because we were talking about making this our first E3 that we ever went to, and now mm-hmm. I'm just like, fuck, that's depressing. Um, I, I just selfishly as a fan and a, just a consumer for, as a, the industry like I'm not, I don't want to be the tired old man clinging to E3 but I just like whatever their business senses are I just think it sucks I just think it sucks so we'll see I, I'm very unhappy about the whole thing um, Sony pisses me Sony just pisses me off lady uh, lady they just piss, piss me off lately Rich I feel like they lucked their way into this e, this uh, VR revival and then the classic. Don't even get me started on the classic lineup. Like they just—they're—they're they're my favorite corporate titan. Yeah, my—is that sarcasm? <laughs> no, no, I—that's I, I totally genuine. They could—they could like punch me in the face, and I'd be fine with it. Well, that's what they're doing. They're punching you in the face repeatedly right now, Rich. Like, do you like this? And I'm like, I love it. I like it. I like it. Hurt me more. I—I li- I like it so much. Um. So, anyways. Th- that is going to be really interesting to see how E3 shakes out next year. Um, by the way, if you want to support us, go to our Patreon page, uh, www.swordchomp.com slash Patreon. You can donate, help the cause. We decided that if we can get to $200 a month via Patreon, we are going to try and go through the trouble of videoing every single podcast for YouTube. That's Woo! our goal, Rich. That's going to be a pain in the ass. Does that mean I'm going to have to start putting on pants for these? <laughs> no, no. You can just keep your camera oh, yeah, above that's the waistline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't. You don't even want to see the pants I'm wearing right now. Um, they're not very masculine. I can tell you that. Um, I usually just grab whatever pants my wife's left lying around. so <laughs> No one can see it. I just grabbed the pants I drunkenly left next to my bed last night. Yeah, yeah, that works too. I do that quite often myself. Um, and sort of in summation here, as we're coming up for um, Game of the Year, where can people find your stuff if they enjoy hearing uh you know, hear you talk or the, obviously write for destructoid.com. Uh, yeah, you can find me over on 
the uh, ondestructo.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Richmeister Zero. Uh, you'll be able to find things like my Twitch, which I use occasionally there. And I also have a podcast of my own on iTunes. That is the Cooperative Play Podcast. The Cooperative Play Podcast. Yep. And also, it's funny because you mentioned two of the reviews you actually wrote for um, My Memory of Us. Yes. And The Messenger. Um, so if you're curious about those games we talked about, you can read his review. And I got The Messenger for like $13 the other day on Switch. It was hella cheap. So. Well worth it. Yeah, it can't be $13, man. I mean, that's crazy. Um, anyways, so yeah, it's, it's been a good show. I'm trying to there's anything else that I wanted to run through with you while you're here. But we went through Red Dead, went through Assassin's Creed, went through Celeste, went through a lot of good stuff. VR. And it's been fun. Do you have any big? What's your big? What what's left on your on a final note here? What's left on your game of the year docket uh, for you? Are you all caught up? Uh, I'm mostly caught up. I want to finish Dragon Quest before I really sit down to start hashing some stuff out. Uh, there's a few little VR things I'd like to clean up, and I'd like to play a little bit more uh, Starlink. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The 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 toys to life thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Oberdin, you gonna try Oberdin? Yes, Oberdin also. God, there's so much. <laughs> it's just endless. It really is. I'm sure Josh gets really into the indie scene, so he has like so many games on Steam that he uh, I could easily just jump in and try before Game of the Year if I want. Like I never, I haven't really played Donut County that much. Donut County go- was really good, and I bought it twice. I bought it on my phone, and I bought it on PS4. So I, 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 probably that last week when I'm all caught up, I'm just going to dip into like five games that night just before. I like the feeling of like going into game of the year, feeling like I played a lot because it like makes me feel like I've earned the right to an opinion sort of. Um, and that's sort of why fish always drives me crazy with his like five games a year, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get them there. We'll get them there. Um, anyways, it's been a lot of fun doing the special Thanksgiving episode of the Chomcast. Thanks for joining me, Rich. No problem. Thanks for having me. And uh, we will be back with our regularly, regularly scheduled programming next week. Thanks for checking out the show, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.